Hello and welcome everyone back to the Reader Copy Podcast. This is the comic podcast about comic books. It is Wednesday, June the 30th, and I am your host, and I'm joined by my co-host and younger brother, Daniel. Howdy, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. Hope you guys are doing well. Uh, we're in for another one, another good one today. You're in studio. I'm in studio, yep, in the office. Yeah, uh, we are doing a long day of recording today long sesh yeah. uh we're, we're bundling them up all in one session because we need some time off because we're gearing up uh to go back to disneyland yeah we're gonna finally try to get onto that spider-man ride yeah we had no luck last time it's just hard to get on with all the social distancing and it's like a lottery yeah yeah so uh we're gonna try again this time um but i think it, we might have a better chance this time i think so too i think uh, avengers campus is also easier to get into now it's not not yeah. a four-hour wait. That was ridiculous. That's because we went literally like the weekend it opened. Yeah. So everyone that was going there was going there for that. Made sense. Yeah. Yeah. But now I think you can just like walk right in. Right, right. And you don't have to wear our mask if we don't want to. Right. Right. Do you feel comfortable now going to things with people and not wearing a mask? I feel pretty comfortable now. Yeah. As long as I got my Spider-Man goggles on. Okay. <laughs> Protect your eyes. Exactly. Or you breathe. <laughs> Yeah, I think I'll be okay. I'm fully vaccinated, and uh, I've been out, and I feel comfortable. So me too. I feel alright. As long right. as uh, I'm not like literally breathing on a person. Oh, you're not doing that? No, you're not doing you that do yet. That? You're not doing that no. yet. <laughs> Uh, I, even before COVID, it's like, I want a little bit of space. Like when you're in line, I don't go right up against the person in, in front of me. Right. Right. People do that. They think it goes faster that way. No, it's not going to get any Rush, faster. Rushing you. It's just getting hotter. <laughs> <laughs> Last time I went, it got pretty dang hot. And I think it's going to be warmer now. We got to plan ahead. Yeah. I'm going full shorts. Okay. Uh, so just shorts all day. Even if it's cold at night, I'll just suffer through it because I don't want to be hot during the day. You know what I've been on the lookout for are convertible shorts, which okay. are pants with the zip up pants. I've been looking for <laughs> so those. So you can just keep the bottom and remove the top part. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Wait, in case I need my leg warmers. <laughs> I don't like those because it's like zippers, right? Yeah. And it just feels weird. Like they also feel heavier because there's zippers halfway down your leg. Tugging you? Yeah. 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 So I, I'm not, that seems like a, such an 11 year old thing to wear. I know. But it seems the most practical. Okay. I think I've never, I've, maybe they don't, they don't make them in adult sizes anymore. <laughs> You, what you have to do is you have to wear a sweater in the morning because it's cold. Yeah. But as soon as it gets hot, you have to tie it around your waist. <laughs> <laughs> Behind my back? Yeah. Uh, that's, that's like a elementary school Chris outfit really? every day. Outfit. As your get up? Yeah. <laughs> That was a 90s thing for some reason, and then it got out of fashion, right? I don't know. I don't know why. That's I think it does look lame. To tie it around your waist? Yeah. No, that's how you do it. This is like, oh man, I'm sweaty from playing basketball at recess. Yes, yes. I like the idea of tying it around your shoulders. So okay. You look like you're rich, like sure. a Carlton. Carlton. <laughs> exactly. <All right. laughs> uh, yeah. Well, you guys got all the fashion tips. Why don't you explain how the rest of the show works? Here at Fashion Copy Podcast, <laughs> we split up into three parts. First up, we'll go down the comic book news. And in the middle, we'll talk about an awesome comic. This time, we're doing Howard the Duck. What did you know it? And at the end, we'll talk about our side stories where we talk about what we've been watching, reading, whatever we've been doing, and keep ourselves entertained. All right, let's not waste any more time and get into the comic book news. <laughs> 
the MCU is underway again. Yes, it is. We are two shows done, halfway through the third, and the first movie since the pandemic is about to come out. Uh, Black Wids. Black Wids is about to come out, and we got a final trailer, official trailer, for the next one, which is Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi, right. The Asians are getting a try at it this time. Yeah. Yeah. It's all right. Show some love. Sweet. <laughs> They're crazy rich. <laughs> and uh, this trailer, though we got a, like another trailer prior, sure. this one reveals more of like the plot, I think. I think more about the relationship between um, him and his parents, mm. right? Seems like an overbearing father that just wants him to fit in with his the plan. The Mandarin. The Mandarin, yeah. right. With those, we finally see the Mandarin with his 10 rings. They are rings, but not finger rings. <laughs> right. <They're> arm rings. <laughs> They're just bracelets is what they are, right? <laughs> yeah, the, but they go up to like his forearm. They're heavy bracelets then. <laughs> the 10 bracelets of it's the like, Mandarin. <laughs> it's like a full bracelet, like on your arm, okay, right? Okay, yeah. I guess. The uh, sweatbands, the wrist sweatbands of the Mandarin. <laughs> Uh, so overbearing father and then this the mother seems to be the nurturing one yeah kind of like what we see with the Asgardians with Loki sure. and same yeah. kind of formula and it seems like the dad the Mandarin has trained him to be a successor yes like if you're gonna wield these ten rings you have to prove that you can so he's been like training him since he was a child but it looks like maybe he didn't want to do that so he left and went to America and now the dad is back or something like that is he did he actually run away or is this kind of like um that Amish deal where you get to leave your... <laughs> he did Homespringer? Yeah, Homespringer. For a couple of years. He never went back? He just never went back. He's like, oh. uh, I'm good. There's, it's kind of fun out here. I don't have to <laughs> live on your <laughs> super elegant base. You're super rich dad and everything. Uh, it looks like the dad shows up again. Yeah. And I think like they're after... Okay, they don't really explain what the plot is. Sure. But I, there's a lot of shots where it looks like there's this big rock mountain and like a red... I want to say it's like a door or gateway that they're trying to break into. And maybe behind that is whatever, the MacGuffin or whatever. Right, okay. And it looks like uh, in the final shot of the trailer, it looks like they're both fighting. Either Chung-Chi's trying to stop his dad from getting in there, and the dad is like trying to beat Chung-Chi so he can't get in there or something like that. Interesting. My guess, what's behind there, if I really had to guess, Fing-Fang-Foom. Fing-Fang-Foom, oh. Is like inside the mountain or something. Is that who we saw in that water shot? That's a different dragon because that dragon's white. Okay. Uh and it's underwater and that dragon I believe is called the, the protector or like the great protector or something like that does he protect the red doe you're talking about I don't know his deal I don't know what's, uh, I don't really know much about Shang-Chi the character either me neither and I, I think they're they're you know they're mixing things mixing things like in the comics I don't think the Mandarin's really his dad or whatever no like right, yeah and I don't think he's really friends with Aquafina. <laughs> <laughs> I can believe I feel like Aquafina's friends with everybody <laughs> okay <laughs> But yeah, uh, we see shots of like what looks to be like an underground fight club. Oh, right, right, right. Very uh, when you first saw Wolverine kind of deal, maybe, maybe <laughs> right. So I think it's kind of random people in that whole super powered environment yeah. finding each other. We got a shot at the very end of like Abomination. It looks like is it Abomination? Is that confirmed? I don't know if it's confirmed, but it does look like him, like the mo- the comic book version of him, more right. like the uh, F- scaly fish finny. Yeah, uh, I think it is. The big alien from the Star Jammers, kind of, kind of looks like that too. The squirrel girl, no. <laughs> and I was thinking, like, 
oh, what if it was that guy? Okay. Even would, though it totally does not fit. He's too big. It's like totally doesn't work. Uh, but yeah, it's like, he kind of looks like that. It's a big green alien guy yeah. with the fins. With fins. And then that's uh, Cyclops' dad, right? In, in, in Star Jammers? Yeah. Right. That could be a way so, to introduce it. There you go. It's official X-Men. If, okay. <laughs> Any way to shoehorn it in. <laughs> We also say people are saying that's Wong that he's fighting. Oh, the what what abomination is fighting? Yeah, because he does toss use, somebody uh, like the astral magic, mystic magic. He makes like a red ring thing, really like orange thing. Okay, right before he gets like tossed into the cage. Okay, okay, I could see that Wong. Uh, so, do you think it's like a tournament? That's the whole idea, right? That's what uh, people maybe. were whispering. Like, is Salak gonna appear in this movie? Is uh, Iron Fist gonna appear in it? And they're all like martial arts figures, so they're like entering this tournament to get something i don't know maybe like i I thought maybe like this is a way because we also see this is named razor fist and that's like a henchman of mandarin in the movie okay we also see him fighting in there and i thought maybe like oh this is just a way for shang chi to get to his dad is through razor fist so he has to fight him to get information or whatever okay that's what i thought but if it's a tournament i mean sure that's kind of cool yeah do we see van damme in there van damme blood sport yeah i want to see that sleeking into our other <laughs> you jackson you look like a jackson <laughs> So it really does seem like uh, Shang-Chi is kind of like a, a lot different from Black Panther in that he's trying to veer away from his heritage, right? Right. So it's kind of juxtaposition there, a different approach to the whole, your heritage and you're trying to get away from it, but you're trying to, you know, Black Panther really loved his dad and just wanted to be like him. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the trailer, they're like fighting each other. I think Shang-Chi has like five out of the 10 rings and then his dad has five and they're like, right. I think that's what's happening, mm-hmm. right? And they have the different colors, red and, and orange, uh, orange and orange blue. Orange and blue, yeah. right. And then Sonic shows up. To steal the rings. Steal the rings. Um, yeah, I mean, it looks kind of cool. Some of the martial arts looks cool. The like that one masked like yeah. right hand man of Mandarin looks really cool. Um, there's a line where the Mandarin was like, um, "I told my men they couldn't kill you if they tried," and it was like, "I knew I was right" or whatever, because he sent like his whole squad to get him, and he's fine. Like he beat all of them. not scratched. Yeah, I do. I'm really liking the martial arts now. Okay, I'm not being racist here, but it gives me some Jackie Chan vibes. <laughs> the way <laughs> okay. he's like. He's like uh, kind of struggling to keep up with stuff. Like he's like falling down those scaffolding, uh-huh. and yeah. then he still gets up and can do these amazing things. He hasn't to... trained since he was a kid. He has been training. He's been doing those push-ups no, in his push-ups garage. Is not training. <laughs> it's, not, it's not full martial arts training. I like that vibe. He's like struggling to do it, but he's still doing it. Watch how you speak to me, boy. Okay. <laughs> That was pretty intimidating, I guess so. Yeah. The Mandarin, the actor is pretty cool. I think he's going to do the job. Yeah. He seemed kind of older, so I don't know if he could pull off the martial arts stuff, but I think it's he'll be fine. I really like the scene where it looks like it takes place in like the 80s, hmm. and they show him with his son, young Shang-Chi, right? Oh. And they're at like a Chinese restaurant, and I bet that food is hella good. If they're going there? Yeah. No, I'm just saying, like, it looks like a Chinese restaurant from the 80s that has really good food. Really good? And it has like the big table where it has like the turning turntable in the middle those are always the best it's like oh this food's gonna be good (laughs) and their soda comes in cans yeah okay (laughs) like they don't pour you a soda with ice it's like okay you want a pepsi here's a can of pepsi is your can of pepsi (laughs) you know all those places that were good in the 80s are still around but they're run down so they have to be really good to survive up till now right right so the chinese places nowadays are really dirty but the taste that's how you know it's so good. good yeah yeah if it was dirty and not good, they wouldn't last. Exactly. You know how it's really know how it's good? What? Is if there's a kid doing homework in the corner. <laughs> if the owner's son is doing homework in the corner. Or, no, it's better off, is that kid is taking your order. <laughs> taking your 
<laughs> and then goes back to doing his math homework. <laughs> to do his calculus homework. <laughs> this this twelve year old's doing calculus in I the know, corner. Exactly. You know, the food's gonna be bomb. Really good. Yeah. Because really they're paying for his school. Oh <laughs> <laughs> man. Right, uh, so that's the story of Shang Chi. <laughs> I'm getting hungry. <laughs> Another trailer came out this week. Um, this one's different, though, because you will be able to watch it on HBO Max. Oh, that's right. That's why I'm si- excited to see The Suicide Squad. Su- the Suicide Squad. Yeah. Because the other one never existed. <laughs> we finally get to see a Suicide Squad movie. <laughs> that people want to watch. <laughs> Uh, this looks better. Again, we get uh, more plot details in this trailer. Yes. Um, seems to be a lot more centered on blood sports. Yeah. Or Deadshot. It doesn't matter. Where it's interchangeable is what you're saying? Yeah. I'm just saying like this was supposed to be, uh, here's what I think it was. They wanted Will Smith back. He didn't want to do it. So like, okay, we'll just hire Idris Elba to be, uh, Deadshot. And then Will Smith is like, well, I might come back later. It's like, okay, well now we can't use Deadshot. So we have to give him this other character and the plot never change the <laughs> we just have to recast everyone centered around him a new daughter yeah because right? it's like again a really good shooter guy who they're blackmailing through his daughter yeah pretty much same deal right it's almost identical they have to point it out at some point in the movie don't you think yeah i think uh also who cares who <laughs> <laughs> cares there's no reference to the first one except that there's like three or four actors coming back captain boomerang rick flag rick flag harley Harley and of course uh, Amanda Waller who is looking like she's blackmailing um, Idris Elba's character and then he does that thing where like he grabs like a pen and like is about to stab her right and up she, close she's like Kobe Bryant doesn't flinch does at not all. flinch at all yeah Okay, okay. I'm the, I think Idris Elba's going to do a good job in the role. Uh-huh. I think uh, he's not just mailing it in. Because okay. something like this, I feel like you could. But like, I think there's going to be a father-daughter dynamic with him and that rat catcher character right. at a certain yeah. point. And so that's going to be the through line. I think the story's also centered around her more than I thought. Rat catcher? Yeah. Yeah, I think um, it's definitely more about... Uh, blood, is his name Bloodsport? Isn't it? What is it? I don't know. I just, I don't, Idris Elba, I don't know. Idris <laughs> Yeah, uh, it's around D- him. DJ Idris Elba. DJ Idris Elba. Uh, they say he shot Superman with a kryptonite bullet. Yeah. And then he became Black Superman. <laughs> <laughs> I heard the casting for that. <laughs> I'm Black Superman. <laughs> he was just in the wrong movie. He's in the wrong... He's supposed to be in Bloodsport. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Uh, and then um, we see Pete Davidson's character. Yeah. Uh, they show everybody. Uh, Mongal. Um, there's so many characters that I don't, I don't want to learn their names because they're going to die. Nathan Fillion, Michael Rooker. Michael Rooker. Uh, Polka Dot Man. Polka Dot Man. Um, King Shark and the Weasel. That's actually, I like that we've centered on him in this trailer. Yeah. And like everyone's talking about him. He's my favorite character. Already? I think we made a mistake giving Peacemaker his spin-off. I think he should have gone the to Weasel. <laughs> Um, the plot of the movie is they're gonna save this island that has been attacked by what they're calling Project Starfish. Right. Which we all know is Starro, right? Starro, right. Some type of alien thing. Classic Justice League villain. Right. Starro shoots out these little starfish and they face hug like an alien. Yeah. And then they brainwash and control people, right? Yes. And what I think it is, is this island military has captured Starro and they're using Peter Capaldi's character, the 
Thinker. That's <laughs> his name. <laughs> to mind control Starro so that they could control everybody. Everybody. But I think Starro breaks loose, obviously. And then uh, the Suicide Squad have to come and stop Starro. Interesting. Okay. It really does seem that Thinker is not part of the team, though. They're kind of just no. using him. Yeah. Like threatening him, right? No, I think he was not part of the Suicide Squad. He was already there on the island. You think so? Being used. And then they have to go get him to stop Starro also. I'm wondering if they kidnap him at some point and they think to use him like Starro is already on the loose. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Um, King Shark looks funny. He's kind of funny, yeah. Yeah. Do you know who's voicing him? It's that like nerdy looking guy, right? No. Who is it? I think it's from the Wikipedia. It's Sylvester Stallone. No, it's not. <laughs> it is. No, it is not. Sly is voicing King Shark. No way. Really? Yeah. Are you serious? He's or Oh, wow. Okay. What? I was going to say he's already in the universe, but he's in the Marvel universe. No, he's in the Marvel universe. Totally different. Separate. Totally different. Get your creatures right. Same director. Uh, yeah. That's why he's in it yeah he likes okay. him oh wow okay that makes sense um there's not a lot of captain boomerang which makes me believe he's gonna die which saddens me because i think he was pretty good in the first uh do not mention suicide squad me that we will not talk speak his name that yeah. thing. i thought he was okay i mean maybe he was the best part of the kind of crappy movie i guess yeah. does he deserve a spin-off or something no. to live on no i don't even know i, I just think he's gonna die quick which I, I i hope he doesn't i think he escapes and maybe he's in the next one maybe, oh, they, maybe he like they leave him for later on the road he wasn't working for the script but he's still part of the suicide squad you know i that think happens all, a lot. The, all the other characters do die i think so too mongal pete davidson's character nathan fillion yeah yeah they're all dead yeah <laughs> they built up uh michael rooka's character a bit in the, one of the older trailers though we're like following him as he's yeah. like preparing for the day or whatever mm-hmm. so maybe he escapes and he turns bad or against the crew at yeah. some point. Uh, I guess it's you could believe that Peacekeeper survives because oh yeah he's getting a spinoff right right and spoiler alert he's Dominic Toretto's brother <laughs> in that show so how do they go to space? <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, John Cena's character looks kind of funny when he says, like, uh, starfish. Is that, like, code for butthole? No. Noted. <laughs> that guy's just crazy, like, too big for his own good. Have you seen him just with a shirt on? It's weird. It's hard to find shirts. Like, he has to get the shirt, male part of shirt, and the sleeves is, like, pant legs. <laughs> Because his arms are so big. His like thighs. His arm holes are like the bottom of regular shirt holes. <laughs> he needs three shirts to make one shirt. <laughs> he looks like he's like a Photoshop toddler. Like they made him bigger he's, on screen. Like he can't fit through doorways. He can't fit through doorways sideways. <laughs> He's nowhere near the size of The Rock, though, right? The Rock's just taller. But I think The Rock, yeah, is more proportioned. Yeah. He's taller. But John Cena, like, his arms are just ridiculous. It's, it's got to be uncomfortable because when you're that big, uh-huh. your arms are away from your body because there's too many muscles. Yeah. They just can't go near your body. Right. You can't stretch your back for sure. Imagine no. that. I mean, can you even, like, tie his shoes? He's got people for that. <laughs> you know, it's funny, too, is, like, when he goes on, like, interviews and press junkets. Oh, yeah. Stuff, he wears a suit. Where does he find that? I don't know. That. Is definitely custom made. That's a fabric for three suits. Well, I'm looking forward to this, this movie. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking forward to just watching it at home. You think so? You're, yeah. you're not, you don't not feel the movie vibe or what? Well, the I mean, theater if I'm bo- paying for HBO Max, I'll just watch it on I HBO see. Max. Okay, okay. It's an action movie though. You don't want to pay for like the big, big screen for that. I mean, you could have watched King Kong versus Godzilla on the yeah, big screen. Yeah, I wasn't ready you? for it yet. 
I wasn't waiting for the theater yet. Me neither. Um, that comes out, I believe, in August or September or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so uh, it's coming up quick. We're almost in July. Yeah. Uh, last thing I want to talk about on the news is, again, going to be a summer blockbuster probably. Tell me what you think about the Transformers movies. <sighs> They've gone too long, and I don't think we need another one. Well, we're going to get another one. <laughs> exactly. Did you... Have you seen all of them? I think I have. Um, how many has Mark Can, Wahlberg been in? Two only? Nine? No. <laughs> Can you name all this, the Transformers? Let's go there. Name all the Transformers movies. Transformers? Transformers Dark Side of the Moon? No, you skipped one already. Oh, I, you didn't say in order. Okay. Transformers The Fallen? Is that the second one? It's Revenge of the Fallen. Revenge of the Fallen. That's the second one. Transformers Remember the Titans? <laughs> Transformers. Uh, there's the magic one. A oh, Lost Kingdom. Last night. Last the last night. night. Last night. Do you remember the one that Mark Wahlberg like first got on? Do you remember the title of that? Ooh, I don't. I really don't. Oh Do you remember? Yeah. What is it? Age of Extinction. Age of Extinction. Right. Yeah. And then there's Bumblebee. And then there's Bumblebee, and now there's a new one coming out, and it's gonna be after Bumblebee, but before the first Shia LaBeouf Transformers movie. Right. Yeah. Back when it was still good. Yeah. I think this is gonna be very good. Really? <laughs> if you're grading on a curve, this is going to be very good. It is going to be called Transformers Rise of the Beasts. Yes. Okay. Yes. So if you're like me, that means Beast Wars. If you're a real fan. Yeah. If you're, if you're a fan of CG. Cutting edge. Cutting edge technology. Oh, at the time. Beast Wars was the show to watch. It was really good. It was uh, very good. It was like one of the first animated CG shows. Yeah. Right? Yeah. The drama was pretty good. Like interplay between these. Okay. So they're like animal transformers. They transform right. into animals, beasts. not beasts, yeah. not into cars. Yeah. And um, it is a prehistoric kind of thing because they crash land during like caveman time. Right. Right. So there's no civilization yet. So there's pretty much no no people at all in the show. So it's it's before cavemen. It's before people. There, people do show up later. Oh, really? But they're like cavemen. Oh, I didn't know that. And it's just like, you know, one episode or something like that. Okay. But like the show is just about the robots. It's just about the Maximals and the Predacons. Wow. Oh, so. came up with that. <laughs> um, now, that's the show and I love the show, but... I think though this movie might be somewhat based around that, it doesn't have the same characters. Not all of them. Not all of them. It's still going to have Optimus Prime and yeah. Bumblebee, Yeah, but it will have some of these Beast War characters like Optimus Primal is going to be in it. So yeah. I thought that How? was Optimus Prime. No. All right. It sounded like him. <laughs> uh, he's like a namesake. Oh, like one of the Primes. Primal. Okay. <laughs> so confusing. I mean... The- <sighs> I like the show, and I, yeah. it makes sense to put it in a Transformers movie. Of course. So I guess do it. I guess I'm not <laughs> protesting anymore, but I don't really don't need another Transformers movie. Do you? Yes, I do. I need this one. <laughs> Uh, they already say to like Optimus Prime, the you know the real hero, the the one that's big, right? Because Optimus Primal transforms to a gorilla, like a life size gorilla, so he's only as big as a gorilla. Okay, huh? with that point, yeah. Can I talk to about that okay, in ahead. Beast Wars? Yeah, they transform into animals, right? Yeah. There's one that transforms into like a bee, right? Like a like a hornet or yeah. something, yeah. but he's the size of the other ones. 
Yeah, because he was already, you know, he's it's big. Right. So it's not none of he's not life sized. No. Well, also it's prehistoric. So there were bugs as big as gorillas. Yeah, back then. <laughs> I don't think so. No, There's... because also like they weren't alive. They scanned fossils too. Like because then there's dinosaurs. There are dinosaurs. There's Megatron of that version turned into a T Rex. Right. And then there's a one of my favorite characters, Dinobot, that transformed into a raptor. But the way they landed and like scanned, they didn't scan a real raptor. They scanned like the skeleton of a raptor. It like, all turned into that. So yeah, there were giant hornets and bugs back then. That big. Prehistoric, yeah. The Transformer ones. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then we're also getting characters like uh, Air Razor, Nightbird, Mirage, and RC, who RC, I believe, is the first like female Transformer. She's finally making her debut in the movies. She's also robots. RC Cola? What? <laughs> I mean, she's female. You could tell the other ones are male. I guess. Okay. Are you, so you're really excited about this? Like, you're, this is your top of the movie list coming up? I mean, if I had a magic wand, I would wish they would just make a Beast Wars movie. But obviously, this is the closest I'm going to get, so I will enjoy it. Okay. So th- this one had the dinosaur uh, Transformers, right? Didn't we see some of those in Age of Extinction already? Or is yeah, that technically different? Are, those are technically different. Okay. Those are the dinosaur Transformers. In Beast Wars, it's to- totally the, different. The robots that we see in the Beast Wars, the main characters, are descendants of these Transformers, like oh. centuries later. And they are traveling and they go through a black hole and, and land on Earth, prehistoric Earth. So they're actually way older than Transformers, but they land on Earth way back in history of the Transformers. Confusing. So how do you not know this? I was I was a cave when this came out. <laughs> Have you tried watching Beast Wars recently? Yeah. It's it's hard on the eyes, the CG. Yeah. Honestly, Rough. but again, what's good about it is the drama. Yeah. So, and we all know the Transformers movies have great drama. Right. <laughs> Outside of the movies. Outside. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Um, they're still gonna have humans in this for some reason. Like there are people Ugh. that are like the top billing for the thing is are the people, the humans, not the transformers themselves. This is dumb. Yeah. Ugh. That's what been the downfall for all these transformer movies is the people. Shia LaBeouf. I mean, he didn't care at, after the first one. No. He... I, I think Walmart Wahlberg never cared. <laughs> yeah. Well, he was an inventor. He's <laughs> trust me, honey. I'm an inventor. <laughs> he had a Boston accent, but lived in Texas. <laughs> Makes sense, makes sense. Yeah. In Transformers world. Well, it's still far away. We only have the title. I don't think we're going to see anything soon. But uh, if it is anything like Bumblebee, where we saw the battle on Cybertron. That was dope. I think it'll be similar to that. I think they know that that's what the fans like the most about Bumblebee. So they'll incorporate that into this. And uh, yeah, I, I think I think this could be very good. Yeah, the Cybertron stuff, if they, for some reason, make that the reason the primals come up, like time travel, whatever, or they get pulled into our time or we, yeah. they get pulled into Primal's time, mm-hmm. then that'd be kind of cool if it's like Cybertron was the origin of that instead yeah. of some MacGuffin that's been hidden under Earth this entire time. Mm-hmm. We don't want Earth. We want Cybertron, you know? <laughs> yeah. That'd be cool. Um, but maybe if you guys like Transformers comics, we don't, we've don't. we done one in the past, recommend something for us uh, on all social medias, maybe something we'd want to do. Definitely, yeah. And then uh, check us out on uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Google Podcast, all those. We did... Transformers War Within, which was a very good comic. Yeah. So look look that up in our in our feed. It was a surprise. Yeah. It was actually a surprising thing that was really good, <laughs> honestly. All right, that is it for the news this week. I'm excited for everything we talked about. Shang-Chi, Suicide Squad, and the new Transformers movie. And I'm also excited about the comic book that you chose this week, Howard the Duck.
I remember the first time watching Guardians of the Galaxy in the theater and being surprised that this one character at the very end, post credit scene, they had this character, Howard the Duck. And I was always wondering, I liked his vibe, I was wondering, his, are his comics any good? Like, what is his origin story? What's his whole deal? And then you went to this whole spiel about the movie. Uh-huh. And how it was so amazing and you can't wait to see it. Mm-hmm. Show me one of the classics <laughs> of our, our generation. Was that Guardians of the Galaxy your first introduction to Howard the Duck? I think I knew his character, but I didn't know his vibe. And, and Okay. So you never saw the old movie? No. Okay. All right. I'm waiting for that because you said it's so good. A classic. That's one of your favorite movies. I got to watch it sometime. But first, we're going to do the comic book. <laughs> of course, Howard the Duck is a Marvel comic. We're just doing the first five issues. Uh, now, this trade is called Volume Zero. The reason being is it knew it was going to be rebooted in Marvel at the time because of Secret Wars. Oh, so, interesting. Yeah, we're like, we're going to do a couple issues. We know we're going to get rebooted and then we're going to go into Volume One. So, Volume Zero is the trade we're doing. Came out in 2015. The name of the trade is What the Duck? <laughs> bit about the writer. His name is Chip Zdarsky, and that is actually a pseudonym. Okay. Uh, his real name is just Steve Murray. I think he just wanted mm. an interesting uh, pseudonym. Um, so he's, we know him from Sex Criminals. We've, yes. You've had him for the artist of a comic. Yeah. But this time he's a writer. He's done some other things called Prison Funnies, uh, Monster Cops, uh, <laughs> and some of the more mainstream stuff like Daredevil. Yeah, that's Pete- why I know some oh, really? mainstream stuff. Okay, okay. Uh, Peter Parker, the spectacular spider-man yep uh one funny thing he did too in 2010 he did like this fake campaign to become mayor of toronto uh what do you mean fake campaign like a social media campaign like i'm running for mayor but in the books he was not no like in real life he had like a social media like campaign like i'm running for mayor of toronto but officially he wasn't no (laughs) Um, so he seems like a fun guy. Uh, and our artist today is Joe Quinois. Quinois? Um, I'm not quite sure how to pronounce it. Uh, so Joaquin. This, I'll, uh, I'll let you say that. <laughs> He's uh, working on Firefly for Boom Studios, that comic. Um, Dial H for Hero, which I still don't know yeah. what the premise is. I think it's like you call up a hero. I think that's a horror comic. Oh, is it? Yeah. Okay. Kind of cool. I saw Superman on the cover. I was like, what's this? I think it is some kind of like a scarier, darker comic though. Okay. Interesting idea. I know it's like a old comic that they rebooted also. Okay. Maybe I'm talking about the old one. Uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, he worked on the America comic, the one that's the um, America Chavez, the oh, right. Right, yeah. that character. And also on Peter Parker's Spectacular Spider-Man. Uh, but I want to get into like how the Duck origins a bit because he actually came in from adventure into fear that comic book storyline okay that makes sense because the movies scared me as a kid maybe that's what they're going for because uh <laughs> it's centered around man thing do you know that marvel character yeah he's like the swamp thing uh analog right, right. i think swamp thing in dc has a lot more of a filled character and mm-hmm. man thing is just this weird creature right yeah. but he also protects this nexus of nexus of the world or something like that it's like the connection of different realities and that leads into Howard the Duck's world Duck World Duck World where he's from Mm -hmm. and there's just a bunch of ducks that live there but he got trapped into our world and he goes about life as a duck person kind of deal do you know the show Duck Man what is that like uh is that a Disney thing no it's like a comedy central kind of like adult black comedy cartoon really Uh, and I think Jason Alexander voiced him no idea does it have anything to do with this is it no it's just it's like a duck person in the human world that's the only similarity. Super strange. But it's kind of funny. Okay. I've yeah. never heard of it. Duckman. All right. 
Um, but that's kind of the deal. Duck, Howard the Duck is kind of sick of all of the humans around him. He calls them hairless apes. Yeah. And he's just like, and his catchphrase is kind of weird. Trapped in a world he never made. I yeah, know. I know. Well, it's true. That's but... it's true for everybody. <laughs> Uh, it kind of has this like carryover weird 80s parody type of feel throughout the whole book right right and his kind of character is kind of like a like a grumpy short person like a Danny DeVito or like a Bob Hoskins type guy from uh, like uh, Roger Rabbit yeah definitely right yeah do you know who voiced Howard the Duck in the Guardians end credit scene I do it was Seth Green yeah yeah pretty funny I I think he'd be a good actor to do like a whole film if they were to do that maybe yeah he seemed a lot more like chill in that and credit scene than what he is in this comic. Yeah. So like I said, Howard is a pretty grumpy duck and right now he's in prison in the in a jail cell and he's just being let out by the officer there. He shouldn't be there right now. He's being let out. And also this girl named Tara Tam, which is like this tattooed punk type girl. And Howard's grumpy, like the indignity of all this. It's funny. He's, he's, he's mad because they had to lock him up in the uh, like the women's cell. Yeah. And then he locked him up there because someone in the men's cell is like allergic to feathers. Yeah. <laughs> He just thinks it's so ridiculous that he's stuck in there with all the ladies. And one of the officers pulls him aside, him and this Tara character, saying, like, you have something in common. You two don't have a past, past a couple of years ago. Like, you don't have a history in the books for some reason. What's going on? And I was like, well, yeah, I was, I'm from Duck World. I'm not from here. <laughs> and Tara's like, man, what's the deal with that guy? As they're leaving the police station, it's like, why is he, like, picking on you? And he says, like, he's just jealous that I'm a better private eye than he is, like, a public officer. Yeah. So Tower of the Duck is, like, a private eye detective in this world. Absolutely. Kind of just, like, alias in a way. You yeah, know? pretty much. Same type of deal. And they're mosing on down New York City. It's, like, this, you know, classic street level type deal with them, too. And Tara is actually going back to her work. It's a, a tattoo shop. Again, she has all these tattoos all over. And that's her job. She works at this place called Wishful Inking. And they kind of become like a fast friends fast friends um and as their howard continues walking we see where he works and he like shares a building with uh her name is jessica walters yeah better known as she hulk yeah the green you know she hulk lady uh yeah. she's getting her tv show soon you know what also howard that was supposed to get i think a cartoon show on hulu right. yeah that totally got canceled that bombs me out after reading this like you would have liked it i would have liked it a lot yeah the, yeah i think it would have been good <laughs> yeah um so yeah howard the duck and she hulk are kind of good friends they kind of work together bring clients to each other right and work in the same building right her office is like the second floor nice one and his <laughs> office is like the small lousy one in the back first floor like side alley yeah so how are the duck private investigator right there on the sign and showing up is this one character jonathan richards and he calls him mr the duck <laughs> And Jonathan Richards is like an older gentleman. He looks like he's wearing an eye patch. He's wearing like a, a suit with a trench coat, but also like a beanie and a scarf. Like he looks like he's kind of like a little bit run down, worse for wear. Uh, really needs Howard's help here, though. Sure. Obviously, we haven't talked about Howard's look yet. He's got this tiny little suit. He's like, you know, three feet tall, maybe. Mm-hmm. And he's wearing like a red maroon type suit and, uh, you know, that classic detective hat on. And we see how Jonathan Richards got Howard's information. And he was at a 
a movie theater commercial. You know, those classic ones where they cheesy looking commercials in the beginning of movies. Jonathan Richards explains that he's looking for a priceless necklace heirloom from his past, right? It looks like this, um, like almost like an amulet with a, maybe like a jade jewel right in the middle. Yeah. He's showing him a photograph of it. And he's saying like, yeah, this is stolen from my place. And um, the cops don't want to help me, but I did see who stole it. And it is the pseudo villain. Uh, he calls it cat woman yeah yeah but we know it as black cat of course the spider-man thief villain right and uh he doesn't call it in the writing it's like cat hyphen woman yeah because i think legally he can't say like cat woman really (laughs) so howard's like all right i'll take the deal just leave your number with my receptionist and howard points to a pile of trash that's in the shape of a woman that has like this mop like headdress on like uh, this is your receptionist? I was like, yes. <laughs> you could tell like it's just all his garbage they didn't throw away. Yeah. And Howard goes uh, bragging to Jennifer Walters about like, I got myself a client. Now he knows who this black cat character is. Yeah. Right? And he knows that she's strongly tied to Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. So he waits up on the rooftop and is trying to get the attention of Spider-Man. And when it just turns night, he gets flashed with the Spider-Man light up symbol right on him, like a like a headlight, right? And it's coming from Spider-Man and his his belt that does the light thing. Yeah. Does he did he have this costume before, like this accessory? I think Spider-Man has a lot of gadgets that we don't know about. <laughs> it's it's the big light coming from his belt doing the Spider-Man symbol. You know what's funny is like Spider-Man is always the quick witty cool one yeah they really make him kind of like the dumb one in this book i love that um the way howard texts him too he's like hey soused man like he misspelled like the autocorrect yeah did it right <laughs> it's because he has like feathers for fingers right and howard's like up front like all right i know you and black used to date so uh that's all i need you for and then spider-man walks away and it's just like the spider-man no more back uh, yeah, uh, like cover his, his like shoulders are shrugged up and he's yeah. looking down at his feet walking away he's all sad about talking about his ex and spider-man just warns like you don't want to mess with her right she's dangerous man i gotta get away from this and then howard's like all right go ahead and kiss some more criminals <laughs> howard really like like makes fun of spider-man a lot in this, Throughout book. this whole book is yeah. perfect um howard has no help from spider-man he's walking back he's passing by wishful inking and he sees tara locking up mm-hmm. And he's pretty much explaining, like, yeah, I have this job, but, like, I have, like, no leads right now. Uh, He's kind of down on himself and uh, has no idea how to get through this. And once Tara hears, oh, it's Black Cat you're looking for, I know her. She lives, like, down the corner from here. And I was like, what? How do you know this? Well, how many, like, women do you know that's young that has jet white hair, right? Yeah. So kind of like without even asking her, Howard's like, okay, you're my new partner. Yeah. We're going to solve this case together. And there's like a whole montage page, right? Of them like doing stakeouts and like working out and like training. It's like, why is he training? Like, this is not going to be a fight. We're talking about like headbands and gym equipment, lifting weights for no reason. They're just doing stakeouts in the background. (laughs) There's a sequence here where she's like doing like the laser pointer thing. Oh, yeah. And he has to like crawl under. That's like a famous scene from the movie in Trap. I, well, I don't even know what that movie With, is. Um, Catherine Zeta-Jones. Okay. <laughs> but he's doing it, but he, he can't get under because like his tail sticks out of his shorts. His freaking tail feathers. Yeah. 
So Howard's master plan is to dress up as pizza delivery people and knock on Black Cat's door. And they just go tumbling in when Black Cat is not there. Uh, and oh, luckily we got these pizzas because the cats have, uh, are distracted by these pizzas as they try to just dig through all of Black Cat's, all of the, the, the furniture there. And Howard says like, oh, you can't see this because you're just a hairless ape, Tatara. Yeah. But I can see that the carpet is like a little more worn over here. And that means there's some kind of secret door behind this bookshelf. So I was just like, okay, just grab every book. And it has to be a book that's like about cats because she's like a cat person. Right. right makes sense. But it's like all her books are about cats. <laughs> cat in the hat. All these different cat books. Finally, the one book that does work is Charlotte's Web. And I was like, oh, wow. Obsessed much? Talking about Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's like the clue. And when they pull that, the shelf opens up and it's like her like treasure vault of stuff that she's stolen. Right. Awesome. Howard is only there to get that heirloom necklace. So he takes that and steals it off this little uh, mannequin and pockets that up. But as he turns around, Black Cat is there uh, ready to catch him in the act. They're about to apprehend Tara and um, Howard, but all of a sudden, like the apartment starts to shake. It's almost like an earthquake. What? As they get to the roof, they find this one character there. This guy explains that he's the gatherer and he works for the collector of uh, Marvel fame. And he's got this cool like sci-fi getup on like a red cape, these two laser guns in each hand. And he's actually out for Howard the duck. He's trying to shoot them now, but Black Cat is now in full costume. And like she's trying to stop the gatherer because she wants Howard for herself, right? Yeah, revenge. Uh, but Black Cat pounces on the gatherer and the gatherer just electrocutes her and she goes tumbling back. No problem problem at all. Howard still does not know who this guy is, like this space guy is trying to capture me, um, trying to be part of some collection or whatever, and he just goes, wah! He gets shot by the gatherer's laser, mm -hmm. which teleports him like into the ship, but it looks like he's like disintegrated because it's just like a puff of smoke yeah. where he was standing. Um, out of nowhere shows up Spider-Man too. And it's funny because like he's he sees that it's just like the remnants of Howard the Duck. It looks like he's dead. Yeah, he's like he's dead. And it just reminds me of his Uncle Ben. <laughs> Yeah. He's like, no, Uncle Ben, Uncle Ben, no. <laughs> yeah, they just keep like making fun of Spider-Man this whole book. He's the butt of the joke. It's awesome. So we jump into the, the next issue. And again, Howard the Duck is in prison, but in space prison now in the middle of the collector's collection. It's like 15 hours later now. He's in like orange getup and he's in the cell and one of his cellmates there happens to be Rocket Raccoon. It is just like the movie. Yeah. They're in prison. Uh, I like this. You can see into the other cell uh, and you can't see him, but you see the, the shadow silhouette. Oh. It's uh, one of the brood, which is like a X-Men alien enemy. Yeah, yeah. Kind of like like alien from the movie Aliens. Right. Um, Howard just like flailing his arms like, I don't belong here. Let me out, right? Yeah. Rocket, he's the cool one. He's like, just shut up. I can get us out of here. But Howard is like, no, I'm going to do it my way, which is like loud and annoying. <laughs> yes. he's He's got like one of those metal cups he's doing the prison like against the prison <laughs> railing type thing to get some of the guards' attention. And so they, the guards come up and they open up the door and they take these like laser um, ropes that tag around Rocket and Howard's necks. And they're like, oh crap, what is this? Howard calls it like, what are these sexy guns? <laughs> 
<laughs> How is such a weird guy? Uh, and they get captured and they get pulled into the Gatherer's science experimentation room as they uh, prep them for the collection. And the Gatherer is going to like take some of their DNA. Yeah. And he says, like, my job is to take your DNA, create mates for you so that your species can live on, right? Yeah. Which is weird. And then I think like Howard's like, if you can clone us, why don't you just keep the clones and get let us go, right? Yeah. The gather's like, no, you have to carry on with your culture. It only makes sense. Um, but Rocket uses this spit that's in his mouth. He spits straight into the gather's face and it's acid. The gather's face just like melts off, coming off his face. And all these like guards, which are these like lizard people, just try to help out the gatherer. But Rocket breaks free. He fights all the guards. He's able to take them all out. And he starts to spit on Howard's like shackles to free him. Yeah. And he's like, oh, it's like an acid like capsule that he chewed. And it's like, uh, it makes my spit acid. But because I've chewed it, like it's immune to him. Right. Right. But it, it won't last like forever. So the two of them are free and they need to find a way to get off this. But uh, Rocket, he's got the map of the entire ship, the collector's ship, just uh, etched in into his fur there like it's like cut out like yeah, he shaved, shaved off his, yeah yeah it, howard's like can you just look it up at the computer and he's like oh yeah i probably could have did that <laughs> but then drax's time would have been wasted because he's yeah. i guess drax is the one that like <laughs> cut up his hair so rocket explains what he's doing on the ship it sounds like the collector has stolen this celestial heart the heart of a celestial which are these again these gigantic big alien titans that right uh kind of took over the earth right the the universe right and so they don't want this power to be in the hands of the collector it's uh, dangerous right uh the heart of a celestial is used like when a celestial dies the, all the celestials like put power into the heart and they make like a new planet out of it yeah but if they take that heart out the planet that has like creatures living on it will die so they don't want that planet to die so they need to take it away from the the collector right so rocket and howard are trying to get to the certain point of the ship rendezvousing with the other guardians they run into uh the gatherer again as he tries to manhandle Howard. And uh, Howard calls him a sexy prisoner. That's actually a shout out to a, a reference to his earlier comics in the past where he found random sexy... It's this weird comic. You read <laughs> Howard the Duck number one. There's a lot of these little notes also, like writer notes in the middle of the comics. Yeah. And they're pretty funny. Uh, as they're breaking in, they know they have to like hurry to get the celestial heart because the collector is not there and he's busy at CosmoCon. Yeah. It's a comic book convention looking type of thing in uh in space. In space, right? <laughs> like people are cosplaying as Uatu the Watcher or Thanos, like this fun little comic convention, yeah. right? I like uh there's like this toy action figure and it's from Star Action, right? Uh -oh. And the name of the figure is Admiral Trapped. <laughs> which is obviously Akbar. <laughs> yeah. So they get to this point and they rendezvous with the other guardians. You see Drax, Gamora, Star-Lord, and Groot there. And they're thinking, oh, mission accomplished, right? We've just got to get off this, this whole ship. So what they do is they actually open the cells of all the collector's prisoners. So all these weird aliens can like escape from their cells and cause like a riot almost so that the guardians can escape. Total mayhem ensues. They break open this one door. Um, they, they see the celestial heart, they steal that too, and they're trying to get all these prisoners onto the ship, but they can't fit. It's all kind of crowded there. 
and Howard goes into a rant like you, you're leaving all these other prisoners here on the the ship we can't escape with leaving just half of them but Quill's like well I mean we we have no more room we have to get off this we'll come back for them don't worry and this is again how Howard sees like these hairless apes like they don't know what they're doing right um, they drop Howard back off New York City uh, they drop him off exactly where he was captured and we see like you know when someone dies like in the streets yeah a they vigil have, like, a candlelight vigil mm-hmm. Spider-Man has done that now for Howard the Duck <laughs> and he's like laying there with candles and like a photo of Howard and then Howard sees him there he's like oh hey what are you doing here yeah <laughs> like go back and then Spider-Man's just like oh my god he's not even dead at all he doesn't even care so pretty much mission accomplished. Howard has got the priceless heirloom and he's going to go talk to Tara like, oh, look look at this. I got it all done. And he visits her at Wishful Inking, her tattoo parlor. But he walks in in the middle of uh, a stick up. The person uh, stealing from Wishful Inking is Aunt May. She has a gun pointed at Tara and looks like uh, another employee. Yeah. And, and now she's pointing it at Howard. She's like, I'll, I'll fucking drop you, dear. <laughs> so... For some reason, little old Aunt May is there stealing from this tattoo parlor. And with the, the butt of her gun, she bumps Howard the Duck across the head. Howard like threatens like, I know quack foo. Yeah. Right. But he's knocked out. Yes. Goes to black. Finally comes to. And it's She-Hulk there now. Right. And then a bunch of police kind of like questioning uh, Tara and the other employee like what happened. Right. So it's a crime scene. Howard's like, she had muscles as big as Captain America. She was six foot four. And <laughs> totally just like making it up. The cops does not believe him at all. Like, uh, all right, he got the statement from everyone else. So when Howard makes it on, on way back to his office, he sees Jonathan Richards there. I was like, oh, uh, I did have your priceless heirloom necklace, but I did manage to lose it. So it's like, I had it, but I lost it again. This pisses off Richards. He even like knocks the head off the garbage secretary. Yeah. And he's like, Doc, you have like three days to get my necklace, right? So he's like threatening him now. This Jonathan Richards guy was like just a client. Now he's getting threats out on Howard. And Howard takes the head of uh, Donna, his trash assistant, and is like, I will avenge you. <laughs> so it's funny now because it's like three days later. Mm-hmm. Howard has to do whatever it takes to find this necklace. And he knows that Aunt May took it. So he's on like, like a disguise stakeout where he knows Aunt May is. And she's at the park and there's people feeding Donna there so he pretends to be like like an earth duck a regular old duck so he's like quack quack but he's naked like crawling naked on the ground to, and he's like on all fours like yeah. his hands so it's like not even how an earth duck would walk yeah Tara passes by is like what are you still doing here I was like yeah shut up you'll blow my cover and then out of nowhere he notices Aunt May just walking on by on the phone with Peter and he like just charges at her right yeah naked <laughs> naked so fully naked Howard just charges at Aunt May saying give me back that necklace I'll kill you <laughs> yeah Tara has to like hold him back and Aunt May is like just like surprised like she doesn't know what's going on Aunt May explains like oh a couple of days ago I blacked out and I had no idea what I was doing did I steal something from you dear I'm so sorry Howard is skeptical at this point like uh, okay you were a cold-blooded thief earlier but you don't see him that way now. Uh, Aunt May's like, okay, I'll help you out. Try and find this necklace you're looking for. Um, but you know, just watch your language. Um, so there, the three of them are on their way. And then <laughs> Spider-Man comes swinging in, looking for Aunt May. And all he sees are these uh, rose petals she left and her phone. And then Spider-Man's like, Aunt May, no! <laughs> it's like, again, like he's like dropped to his knees thinking like he's too late. Yeah. Why am I so bad at this? <laughs> 
So it sounds like someone is using these old people to steal stuff, some type of whole scheme going on. So Howard the Duck, the next day, dresses up as an old man with a cane and everything, and he's pretending to have like a bad back as he's walking across the street trying to uh, entice someone to uh, take control of him somehow. They're following this other old guy. Uh, he has like a walker, but he's also like carrying a purse. So you can tell like he probably stole this purse, right? Yes. So they're like following him. Uh, he looks like Hans Mole Man from Simpsons. He you does. Yeah. yeah. The old guy. And he's going like to like the seedy part of the city. He's going down to the docks uh, where, you know, he w- would normally not go. Yeah. So they're following him. They go to like this pier and they see that he and a bunch of o- other like elderly people are being brainwashed by somebody. It turns out it is the Ringmaster. Ringmaster looks like this classic. He almost looks like a Batman villain, but this is the Marvel Universe. He's got like green and purple on his suit and everything. And he is actually someone from Howard the Ducks past. And he's brainwashing all these elderly people to steal for him. He's just chilling there watching a big screen TV uh, and then he sees that Howard and Tara are there to catch him so he sends like all these old people to attack them and it's funny because they're all like slowly there's like walking their way towards Howard really like like molasses they're going so slow trying to attack them senior attack he yells out but Aunt May sneaks up behind them and hits Ringmaster in the head with her cane uh, while Tara sneaks around and grabs the necklace that Howard's been trying to find so they finally found it and they're ready to jet out of there but coming from behind it's Mr. Richards, Duck's client from earlier. Right. He approaches uh, Ringmaster and out of nowhere just uppercuts him, like launches Ringmaster across the room. He goes flying and he steals the necklace from Howard and even slaps Howard like across the face and he just goes, wah. <laughs> this pisses off Tara. She starts attacking um, Mr. Richards. And as she's kind of like slapping him, his face is like changing color. Turning green in some points. Um, it's obvious now that it was makeup that was on his face, uh, some type of paint. And his beard that he's had this whole time is falling off and is revealed that... Jonathan Richards is actually Talos the Untamed. Talos the Scroll, right? That we yes. see in some MCU movies. Why he had to wear like a disguise? I thought scrolls could just change. So that's his whole deal is that he's a scroll that cannot shapeshift. <laughs> okay. That's, yeah. That's pretty funny. But uh, he has now gotten the necklace back and it is revealed that this necklace, what he really wanted was the jewel in the middle, the green yes. jewel. Yes. He's building something. Um, Howard is like angry, like, okay, you got your necklace, but I did not get my $260 (laughs) for the job. And Talos just smacks Howard across the face and he goes blackout again a couple hours later now. And the cop is again trying to get the 411 on what happened. And it just seems like Howard cannot catch a break. He he gets clobbered, mind-controlling people, all these old people. He can't get it all together. <laughs> and there's a scene, too, with Aunt May being consoled by Peter Parker. And Peter is just looking at Howard, like, angry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what did you get my aunt involved in? Yeah. And Howard still does not get, like, why is this guy looking at me like this? <laughs> it's the next day, and Tara and Howard are kind of just walking the streets. And they're trying to figure out, like, what to do next. Yeah. And Howard's like, oh, I have a doctor friend that I could go talk to. Okay. And... Uh, 
but when they get to the place, it's not like a regular doctor. It is in Greenwich Village and is, of course, Stephen Strange, Doctor Strange. Yeah. Um, Wong answers the door and he's like, oh, Doctor Strange is like busy right now. And, but Howard just like walks right in. He's like, don't worry, we're friends. I, I need to talk to him. Yeah, I, I know my buddy Steve-O. <laughs> and he walks into like this portal, right? Because Wong's like, he's in there meditating. He's like, don't worry, he won't mind if I go in there. And he walks in the portal and it's like one of those like psychedelic space trippy like floating in in this weird colors kind of room interdimensional type whole deal all these cosmic energy kirby bubble crackle um so howard goes floating into this and these weird monsters like demonic things uh winged beasts start talking to him like oh you must be here for the game you must be here for the game as they talk to him <laughs> it's kind of trippy and scary but they drag howard back through like this floating curtains which leads to another portal and once he lands on the other side he is at the game which is dr strange's poker game yeah dr strange is just at a, a poker table playing with some demons uh it's like game night for him right now right he's like well you know sometimes i just kind of want to get away from wong he can be kind of annoying so he's uh, at a poker night with these demons but he's saying like come on i need your help mm-hmm. let's go back so they go back to the sanctum right and he's explaining what talos did and took the necklace and didn't pay him yeah and dr strange knows what this necklace is and what that that jewel is he explains it is from the abundant glove which is kind of like a weaker version of the infinity gauntlet <laughs> it's like the poor man's infinity gauntlet right the different gems uh, that make up this uh, glove are compassion laughter dance respect and a second dance gem <laughs> That's funny because like the glove that it goes on, it's like a fingerless glove. It's not even like a full gauntlet. I didn't catch that. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, Doc, can you figure out what's going on? Who has this possible? What's the next clue here? And so Dr. Strange goes into his trance and conjures up some type of clue. And the one clue he gets is a man on fire as Dr. Strange erupts in fire too. So who do they need to talk to but Johnny Storm of the Fantastic Four? So they find him. He might know something about this abundant glove. Yeah. He talks about the Pier 4, which is specifically an old Fantastic Four base they need to go to. And they call on Johnny Storm. He jets in on fire. And they make Johnny Storm to be like this real sleazeball and kind of hits on every single woman. <laughs> he does like uh, finger pistols at ladies as he walks by. Yeah. Um, and he's talking about the events of the original Secret Wars. Pretty awesome. Right? This is like back in what? The 67? Is it? Or, or maybe I think it might be the 80s. Yeah. And we see like kind of like shots of that. And he's like trying to hook up with every female superhero <laughs> there. <laughs> but none of them would hook up with him. All of the, like even the alien residents there. You couldn't get to any of them. Um, he mentions how he was trying to woo like the girl that Colossus was talking to. And so he stole like a, a gem to maybe seduce her in a way. Right. Uh, it's revealed that that gem that Johnny stole was one of these abundant glove gems. So he knows about it. We even see uh, shots of Peter Parker getting the symbiote for the first time. Pretty funny. Yeah, it's kind of cool. But so Johnny knows where like this uh, gauntlet thing is now, right? Or the fake Infinity Gauntlet. Yeah. And then we see like an attack start to happen, right? And we see that it's Talos and he's using now the abundant glove and he's summoning like all these weird monsters to fight and uh it's now like Johnny Storm, Doctor Strange and Howard the Duck that have to like fight him off. So they're fighting off these weird monsters that are coming out of the glove. 
um, but they they're not up to par. They call upon all of the Avengers to swoop in. We have like the uh, the new Captain America, right? Sam Wilson. Sam Wilson, Captain America. It's like Jane Foster, Thor. Um, Silk is in the mix. Silk is involved. The rest of the Fantastic Four are there too. Spider Woman is there too. Oh yeah, yeah. So like, it's not like the classic Avengers, but it's like the newer Avengers. So like, the all new era is when this came out. Right. Reed Richards is like, oh my god, does that scroll have the Infinity Gauntlet? And then. Uh, Stephen Strange from across the way was like, it's not that fitting gauntlet, don't worry. <laughs> yeah, it's not that powerful, right? He's like, oh, okay. And they, they just keep fighting off these weird demons that are coming out of the glove. But Tara and Howard are like, okay, we're not up to par here. Let's go into the alleyway. We got to talk about this. So Howard is like, all right, I I mean, you could kind of, you could tell me now, there's a secret you've been keeping to yourself. I could see it. Your, your tattoos are changing, right? right? Um, again, you don't have a past from the past after like a couple of years ago. Like, I know you're hiding something. Now's not the time to hide it anymore. Just come out with it. Just just tell me. I know you're a scroll too. And one of the monsters tries to attack them and Tara, her arm just like stretches and like punches this uh, monster and it kind of like explodes. So it shows like, yeah, she's not just a regular human. Right. So Tara's like, well, I'm not a scroll. It's complicated. I come from, uh, I'm a descendant of the scroll kill crew, which it's again, like a, a weird note in history in Marvel about yeah. this crew that look like scrolls, but they weren't. Yeah. They had the powers of them. The reason why they have the powers of them is because of the Fantastic Four. Yes. What happened was the Fantastic Four found these scrolls that were uh, just doing bad things. So they hypnotized them to transform into cows. And then the skull <laughs> scroll kill crew ate the cows and got the transforming powers. Right. So they tricked scrolls to think they're cows for the rest of their life. And then some regular people people thought they were cows right yeah so when they ate the beef of these cows they got scroll powers <laughs> and howard's like oh so that's how you did it you ate uh some beef and got some powers and she's like not exactly there's one more part well they found one last scroll at the end and instead of a cow they had him transform into a duck <laughs> And I was like, what? You got your password from eating a duck? <laughs> it's like shocks and infuriates Howard. Like, why a duck? Why could it be a duck? So you can imagine Tara's like, yeah, it kind of distanced me away from my parents. I'm kind of this weird freak that has transforming powers, right? And I was like, it's okay. I forgive you for eating a duck and keeping it all to yourself. I understand. And uh, it's a kind of a tender moment where they become even more friends. Now, all the superheroes are there fighting. Like, more superheroes show up. Luke Cage is there. Yeah. Um, they're fighting off all these monsters that have been created by Talos. Uh, Spider-Man swings in and immediately lands and gets his foot stuck in, like, some pile of <laughs> Of rubble and as a monster is about to attack him from behind the monster is hit by like a sign and it's shown that it's howard the duck that hit the monster with the sign and then as he's walking away he like lifts the rock that peter's foot is stuck under and then howard's like don't worry spider-man you can just owe me one and then spider's like oh my god i owe howard the duck one <laughs> so ridiculous um, so Howard's trying to get the attention of Sam Wilson and he's like Falk uh, I, I mean Captain America he's <laughs> <laughs> like I have a plan so Captain America Sam Wilson captures Howard and carries him over to get to the to the back of Talos while Talos is approached by what looks to be the Emperor of the Scrolls. now the Emperor has his crown and everything and he looks so glorious and 
um, Talos's his whole point of stealing the abundant love was to get in the good graces of this emperor. He wanted to right. uh, just empower the emperor. So he's like, "Look at me! I'm beating all these Avengers and superheroes. Like I'm doing it for you." But what he doesn't realize is Howard is like running at him from behind and just like <laughs> just like Iron Man, yeah, <laughs> snags the glove off of Talos. He does like a barrel roll just to steal the glove straight off his fist. And it's revealed that Emperor of the Scrolls was actually Tara shapeshifting. And so Howard puts on the abundant glove and just a rush of different visions arrive in his head. And he just turns off all those demons that were fighting off and monsters that were fighting off the Fantastic Four and the Avengers. And uh, he saves the day. It's just like Endgame where Iron Man puts on the gauntlet. Howard puts on it and it's like overpowering him and he sees all these visions. You're right. You're right. I think the Rooster Brothers always an explanation here. <laughs> Um, Howard gets rid of the demons and then immediately takes off the glove because he doesn't like it. It's like too powerful. Right. And he even throws it to Reed Richards like, here, throw this in a volcano or something. <laughs> um, so mission accomplished. Everyone's cleaning up. Spider-Man is like crying on Johnny Storm's shoulders because he's just so emotional about everything. And it leaves with uh, Howard hiring Tara to be his assistant. Don't worry, you won't get paid, but you, you'll have a fun time. <laughs> it's funny because they leave and they leave all the other heroes to like clean up the mess of the city. Right. It's like they don't care. <laughs> They're there just to get paid. <laughs> so uh, Howard didn't even get paid at the end of the book because Jonathan Richards was, of course... Talos the Untamed. So that was a pretty interesting small little story there as we're going to end off on that volume of Howard the Duck. I mean, I didn't know it was going to be this funny. It's kind of, I don't think we did justice. It has, uh, I think, the most jokes per panel of any comic we've done. Uh, and I kind of want to check out the movie now. I mean, the movie is not like this. Yeah. Um, but I really like how the book takes jabs at Spider-Man. Super funny. Um, Howard the Duck doesn't like anybody. Yeah. He's making fun of every hero. He he like barges into Doctor Strange's house. Uh, he calls. Uh, he doesn't even know like Sam Wilson's real superhero name. Falk. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know. So it's just like this funny thing of like Howard the Duck being stuck in not his world, but like not even trying to make friends and stuff. It's, yeah, it's pretty funny. He's just tired of all these hairless apes. You know. Yeah, he calls everybody hairless apes. There's these weird tropes of him from the past that I don't get yet, yeah. but I think I'll get it if I keep reading. Um, but that was really funny. I wanted to do a, do a Chip Sadarsky comic because mm. he made, like again, one of the top writers this year for yeah. Eisner. So I thought we'll dig into his whole universe. Uh, I want to get into the reboot after this when it starts on issue one again. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Um, I like how it didn't all take place in like New York. Like We got to see a bunch of the Guardian stuff too. Sure, and the Collector yeah. And the Aliens. So like the... CosmoCon thing that that one it's just like one picture but there's like so many Easter eggs in that one picture that's really good a lot to poke fun at yeah uh, yeah so that was Howard the Duck let's get into side stories it's officially the summer right it is um, feel in the air I went to the theater for the first time in over a year the two of us went together yeah and we watched Fast and Furious 9 F9. F F9. Of course. Um it was great. I honestly had a better time than I expected. It was pretty good. I mean good if you know what you're getting into. Right, right. Which is a silly, ridiculous action movie. It's a comedy. It's <laughs> I laughed out loud several times. <laughs> 
Because, okay, each, uh, we're F9 already. Yeah. Fast and Furious 5, I think, is the best one. Yes. And after that, they just kind of became kind of similar in that upping the stakes each time, action right. movie, ridiculous. Mm. The drama is not really there as much. They're trying to have it there. It's It's... There's a skeleton of it there. Right. Right. Um, they have a new star introduced every installment. Right. And this one is John Cena. John Cena! Yeah. And spoiler alert from, it was in the trailer, he okay. is playing uh, Jacob Toretto. Dominic Toretto's brother. Yep. Pretty crazy. They don't look alike at all. Maybe the same shape, but besides that. <laughs> yeah. And somehow he's also some kind of world super spy. <laughs> He's been, well, he's a super spy. You didn't know about it, right? Because he's yeah. a super spy. It was funny about it now is these characters, the Dominic Toretto and his family of, of Tyrese and Ludacris and <laughs> Michelle Rodriguez. Yeah. Like, they're not just race car drivers anymore. They're like a military unit. They're, it's What's strange is they're called upon. Like, they're not just regular civilians. Like, they're called upon like they have years and years of experience. Yeah. Like, they're the crew to call right. when something big needs to happen. <laughs> Um, so before we get into too deep of a spoiler, uh, this movie has some fun car action scenes, right? Yeah. Definitely out of the realm of reality already. Those are the best though, because yeah. it's just, they do something that's so ridiculous. They know that it's ridiculous, right? And the really? audience is not like in awe. They're laughing. Yeah. Because it's so but impossible. It's, it's great. It's like, wow, they, they went for it. I think it just took me up till now to get that. I think I'll, I will say before maybe the last one, maybe two movies ago, I think they're still trying to be serious about it. They're just not doing a perfect job of that. Yeah. And then now they're like, okay, let's just not even hide it anymore. Buy into that. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's been the same director for the past four. No. So there's Justin Lin, I think is his name. Yeah. Directed five, I think. Oh, okay. I can look it up. But he did like all the good ones. And then someone came in and did a couple that are okay. And now he's back for this one, number nine. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So yeah. he totally gets the number that it's just for fun. <laughs> yeah. Because he did number five, which is when it kind of went like, okay, this is stupid now. They're pulling safe vaults with a car. Yeah. But it's still like. But if you compare it to now, it's like, whoa, that, yeah, I totally believe that <laughs> that's like a tuesday for these guys right <laughs> those practice um this has the largest cast out of all of them i think does it has almost everybody returning okay that they could get yeah <laughs> and uh again not a spoiler but it is a spoiler if you haven't seen the trailers but uh han is back i i guess they just needed some more characters they couldn't i think they can't afford gal gadot anymore yeah this right? is as close as they could get yeah um han supposedly died in the best movie okay Tokyo so drift han has missed two movies since he was introduced where he died in the third one <laughs> So he's he was in the third one, yeah. But he in chronological order, the first one was number five. Yeah, if you want to go timeline of Fast and Furious for Han, uh, it was five, six. I think he died in seven. Did not show up in eight. Well, when then number three would take place in between seven and eight, if you say so. Well, I could be slightly wrong on the numbers, and then now he's back for nine because he came back to life. He's been. Yeah. Uh, Okay. Yeah. I don't want to spoil um, too much. But. I'll just say like he's back from the dead and it's like not even the most ridiculous thing in the world. <laughs> <laughs> they kind of just keep the ball rolling, right? Yeah. Just I mean, go with it. This should be like Fast Night. Just go with it. Just go with it. <laughs> it's the, I'll tell you, it's the best comedy I've seen in the theater in over a year. <laughs> <laughs> 
I think the best part of these movies now is Tyrese. Oh, you think so? I think it's just because he fits in the mold of what they're going for. Sure, yeah. Just funny. The audience is not laughing with him. They're laughing at him. Yeah. And it's great. But then uh, they are... They know what they're doing. Like, they're evolving into, like, a Transformers movie. Yeah. And they also want to be an Avengers movie. A connected universe? No, it's just as far as, like, the level of action and and epicness. It's like, we want to match. We want you to feel like they're the Avengers also. Super team. Yeah. And they're just regular people. I mean, technically, yeah. Do you remember back then where people were saying Die Hard got too extreme? Yes. He's just a detective and now he's jumping helicopters. Uh Uh-huh. And that was that. That's the extreme they went to. Yeah. What they're doing now is unbelievable. (laughs) (laughs) All right. You want to get into spoilers? Okay. Spoilers. If you haven't seen it, I'd say definitely go watch it um, if you like any of the Fast and Furious movies. But if you don't want to get spoiled, I'd say skip ahead, uh, let's say five minutes. Um, But yeah, uh, John Cena is Toretto's brother. Right. And he's been a spy this whole time. And it starts off with like them as younger teens, I guess, or early twenties. So that stuff I thought was really good, like acted really well with, with who dad. they chose. Yeah, yeah. Whoever they got to play Dom, uh-huh. it sounds a lot like him and looks a lot like him. I think it sounds like him, and I I almost wondered like did they just have Vin Diesel dub him CG and then make it younger some at some point? I mean, I don't think it looks like him that much. I think he's well, I mean, bald and tall, bald, and kind of, yeah, yeah, and same shade, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, I think the other one, the other actor, does look more like John Cena. Really? Yeah, I think so. They have the same square face. I feel like, uh, well, they're going younger for him, right? Because yeah, he's younger. he's the younger brother. Yeah. It just doesn't seem like that guy can grow up to become how big John Cena is. That's true. That's the one thing. Yeah. If you took a picture next to them, like, you, he could fit inside John Cena. <laughs> <laughs> like, you could wear John Cena like a, like a mech suit. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, we've seen the actor before in yeah. the what's that show? Animal Kingdom. Pretty good show. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of cool because you see the stuff that they talk about in the first Fast and Furious movie where Toretto's yeah. dad died and Toretto like beat the hell out of that guy that killed his dad almost. Right. Got him locked and up. Went to jail. Yeah. Yeah. But we don't see what we don't hear about is the brother. This whole time. Yeah. He wasn't invented yet. They didn't see him yet. Right. John Cena was still wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, there's a reason I won't go too far into it, but there's a reason why he's not there anymore. And then, um, the movie continues on Mia shows up again because it's like, Hey, that's my brother too. It would make sense to have her included. But, uh, Brian, Paul Walker's like, okay, you take care of the kids this time. Right. Right. Story solution to have them outside the picture for now. Uh Right. Everyone's there. Tyrese, Ludacris. I feel like Tyrese and Ludacris are just going to have their own spinoff eventually. I, th- I can't believe they did Hobbs and Shaw before them too. Because I honestly think they're the funniest part now. Yeah. The best part. Couldn't they have some kind of Rush Hour type joke action movie? Yeah. Yeah. And he's a tech savvy one. Yeah. And then Tyrese is just funny. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there's also the computer girl that they added a couple movies ago. Yeah. And six. All the gibber she's seven. talking about. It, it does not make sense. Like it kind of makes sense, but it's also like it uh, wouldn't, she could not fix it. I mean but like... The, the, the the thing that they're after is like this computer that's shaped like a ball. Yeah. I mean, and then when they put them together, because it's like two halves, when they put together, it like lights up and like activates. It's like, <laughs> come on, that's not how computers work. First off, is it battery powered? Like, where do you plug it in? Solar powered. <laughs> where do you put the quarter? 
So all these movies, do they really just make their money back from uh, China? Like China's the the number one market, right? Yeah, but I mean, like they they make money here. I think this is gonna be the first movie to cross hundred mil since the pandemic. Really? Yeah. I, oh yeah, I could believe that. I think they added a character just for that market. Like I think there's a Chinese girl. Yeah, in the they movie. need one of each. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> to market to market to that audience. Did you also see that thing where John Cena got in trouble for for uh, saying Taiwan is a country? So then the Chinese people were oh, angry at him really? and then so he had to record a video because you know he could speak chinese yeah and he's just like apologizing about what he said so that they could watch his movie that's so whack i don't know it's a lot of money you're losing out yeah but yeah, i guess yeah um the movie itself if i had to rank it in the pantheon what i want to watch oh. of fast and furious movies yeah i still like five is the best i enjoy one still because it's the truest realist yeah yeah and then maybe it's maybe nine is close to somewhere around there maybe like maybe like seven is higher than nine mm. but like i feel like it's like a a good solid b plus of a fast and furious movie so three doesn't fit in in your top at all there's I no think, paul walker or vin diesel in that i don't care about that as much okay you care about those guys that show up in nine also so they show up too yeah. let's talk about that they're just kind of lame in this movie like they they didn't need to be there i mean they are it's a story device weird side characters of this fast and furious world yeah yeah but i just felt like the way they wrote their characters for this it does not make sense for the characters in the past they're a lot more cooler number three. Oh come, come on dude they're cool now they run the spaceship races right. rocket <laughs> rocket ship races does not exist um, I like that they're all still three best friends. Yeah. <laughs> still hanging out. I don't know the name of the guy, the white guy, the star of Tokyo Drift. Yeah. But he looked like he lost weight and Bow Wow found it. <laughs> That's so mean. <laughs> it's not a lot. I'm just saying. <laughs> Uh, maybe so somewhat he's, he's yeah. still acting a bit in like random I don't know TV yeah. shows yeah so I, I thought he went away completely no I've seen him around um, but yeah they're in it the, uh, for a couple scenes um, th- another spoiler they too don't know that Han is still alive yeah and when they see him they're just like oh man I haven't seen him for so long <laughs> it's not like you're back from the dead <laughs> They do they even say anything? They just like smile at each other. They just like smile and hug. I would be like Uh. freaking out. (laughs) I'd be like, I'm seeing a ghost. You are. He's been gone for you've been gone for three movies. (laughs) I can only be in a movie where you're in, so why did you die? I, all in all, it was honestly a good time because I did not like the last like like eight, seven, and six. You didn't I, like them at all. I know I I kind of don't think about them that much. Okay. I kind of just forget them. What about um the one the last one that Paul Walker's in? I think is good. So maybe that's like my third favorite. Okay, number six. Yeah. Okay. I think it's number six. Um, what did you think about um John Cena and like his crew? Like he had like a I think like a German guy as his like money guy, and then they also had like Charlize Theron with them. I think. Okay, so the German guy, yeah, I thought he was supposed to be sleazy and kind of annoying, and he did that job well. So when so he served that role well, and then there's a big galoot like uh, like henchman guy, and right. he gets tossed around. So he's just a big guy there. To Charlize Theron, um, she has some scenes where she's supposed to be like uh, like intimidating towards yeah. the German guy, mm-hmm. and th- if you just read out the word she's saying, it's so ridiculous. But it's like, her who, delivery, right? The delivery makes it even funnier because. It's <laughs> It's so serious. <laughs> the stuff she's saying is trash and gibberish. That's how good of an actress she is. And she knows this, these lines are so dumb, but she just still can like act them out wholeheartedly. <laughs> 
so honestly, and she's not wavering at all in her no. face. She's just saying it. Not, I believe that she believes those words. I right. <laughs> And you shouldn't. Yeah, no, they're bad you, luck. You lose all of your credibility. Why, why is Charlize doing this? Like, they've gotten some accredited great actors to be in these movies. Yeah, like... Charlize, eat yourself The up. Rock. <laughs> <laughs> Helen Mirren. Helen Mirren is in this movie. Yeah. Like, all, literally, besides The Rock, like, almost every character that was in the Fast and Furious movie shows up here. Yeah. Helen Mirren's in it. <laughs> Cardi B is in Cardi, it. Cardi, Cardi, Cardi. Yeah, so it's it's crazy. It, they are really just making like a connected universe, I think. I think they're going to start branching yeah. out even further past Hobbs and Shaw. Yeah. Right? I Tokyo, think, Tokyo Drift 2, make it happen. Oh my gosh. All right. I think because um, Hobbs and Shaw, the villain was Idris Elba, right? I'm a black superman. Yeah. But he also was working for someone even higher. And I think that person will be like the Thanos are you of, serious? of the Fast and Furious movies, where it'll culminate in a fast, I think, fast 11 or 12 end game style event that's so ridiculous <sighs> yeah we we talked about this i thought this was the last fast and the furious no, movie it's not even close to the end <laughs> I, I thought like oh we're doing three trilogies and then we're gonna call it quits no there are like kind of like three trilogies and then some other random movies in between that doesn't fit so like i think this is the start of a new trilogy three trilogy, or maybe like a second of a trilogy because like charlie's theron's first movie might have been the start of a the final trilogy or something like that okay when vin diesel like went bad right the fast saga the fast <laughs> so which one is the skywalker <laughs> <laughs> Um, obviously Paul Walker's not in it. Yeah. But they mentioned him a lot in it. Yeah. Do you feel like they shouldn't or they should just let it go? Or they, why, do you feel like it's not good storytelling where they have to keep explaining why he's not there? That really doesn't matter. You really think so? I wish, I just wish like they just don't talk about him. I think they should. I, I think they should. It's kind of like paying tribute in a way. They have a lot already though. S- still do it, I think. Okay. I think also it doesn't matter if it's just these, these end of the movie bumpers where they have to mission him bit yeah right that's fine okay because it's the end of the movie you already know where everyone's getting up out of their seats already <laughs> get up out of your seats yeah to, to clap because it's so good oh at the end of the movie there was like a tender moment and someone started tried to clap at the end of the movie and i was like <laughs> and then no one else joined in yeah. it was so good um yeah i i think it is a great summer fun blockbuster don't take it too seriously movie yeah yeah there's one point uh vin diesel is just having a conversation with some people i is he cg'd in those just regular conversations <laughs> do it? i think they made him shinier and like made him a little <laughs> bit buffer i think they did I mean, he's definitely not as big as his prime. Yeah, exactly. He's getting he's, older. He's like 50-something already. I think that's bound to happen, right? Yeah, yeah. It's excusable. So, I, so I think, think they made him bigger, though? I think they... Well, just to keep the muscles a little bit there. Because John Cena? Cause, well, John Cena wasn't even in the scene. I think he he has an ego enough to want it. Do you have a favorite scene or a favorite action sequence, maybe? I think it's the extreme uh, car... What do you call it? Like, oh, the scene with the car. Bungee jumping, whatever it is. Like uh, like swing, like you're swinging with a car. You yeah. know? what i'm talking about yeah for the bridge yes yeah because it because the whole audience is laughing yeah i i couldn't hold it i laughed out loud so good my favorite scene is when they're in like the sewage tunnel and he fights stefan wolf (laughs) (laughs) there are scenes that look like justice league i really think there's all the action scenes are just like ripped from other action movies and then just put cars in it the markets are a lot of non-english speaking people maybe they're trying to confuse people Make it think it's in a different yeah. franchise. 
Um, but yeah, as much as I'm making fun of it, I enjoyed it. It's fun and uh, I like it. This is the first time I've had a good time, like a great time after Fast Five watching a Fast and the Furious okay. movie. All right, yeah. I, I'll, I'm going to rewatch some of the all other Fast and Furious movies. Me too. See where they rank. Yeah. Number two, the best yeah. one. Let me know which one is your guys' favorite Fast and Furious movie. Uh, and you could do that by subscribing to the Reader Copy Podcast. You can find us on op- Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and you can even stream us on Spotify. Definitely. And you can find us on all our social medias, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Let us know there. What's your favorite Fast and Furious comic? Uh, Fast and the Furious movie. Fast and Furious comic. If there's a Fast and Furious comic, we gotta book, do it. I'm going to read it. Yeah. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in. We'll be back next week. Uh, we're still continuing on with Loki. And then we have another comic book for our regular podcast. So you won't want to miss it. Daniel, do you have an outro? If you like what we have to say about the comic book, pick it up and read your copy. All right. See you later, guys. See ya. Error. Error.